Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm going to open up today's lesson. This is the fourth verse in Psalm 23 with a story. It has to do with a man who's now in heaven, but his name was Marvin Schmidt, and he was a soldier for America uh, during the Korean War, and him and his buddies were on patrol, and, and uh, they were ambushed, and he had both his legs shot, just knocked him down, bro- bones uh, broken, and The Koreans were coming after the Americans, and so his buddies said, crawl down this hill and get into that bush, and we'll come get you later. So they take off. He's crawling down the hill, and and just when he's getting close to the bush, he hears them. He knows they can see him in just a moment, so he, he has this idea. He's a Christian man. He feels God gave it to him. He played dead, and so he's laying on his face playing dead, and he thought, they're going to put a bayonet through me, and I'm going to go meet my maker any second, right? But they didn't. They went through all his pockets, stole everything he had, and then they assumed he was dead, and they went on. So then he crawls to the cover that, that he had. And uh, one day passed, nobody came to get him. Two days passed, nobody came to get him, and he's in severe pain. But on the second day, a bomb blew up not far from him, just a random bomb, and it knocked him 10 feet further into the brush, and a piece of metal shrapnel got caught in his neck. So now he's suffering with that. His legs are in severe pain. He has nobody attending to anything. And he says he had a grenade in a Bible. And he thought of just pulling the grenade and ending his life. That's how bad he felt, how miserable he was. And then he said he had this thought, I should read the Bible. And he opens it up, and it's, it's Bible roulette. It's happened to me twice in my life when I was a younger Christian. And he opened up to Psalm 23. So he begins to read it, and verse 4 sticks out to him. As a matter of fact, it, it brings him comfort. And verse 4 is what we're looking at today, and it sounds like this. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And he said he couldn't stop reading it, and as he read it, it brought peace. So day three comes. Nobody comes to get him. Shrapnel, legs are aching, and he just keeps reading verse 4, and it keeps bringing him comfort, Right? then day four comes and maggots begin to eat the dead flesh on his legs. And that's pretty gross. I don't know, but it it was happening. So he's grossed out, but he's reading verse four. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And he said, day five, nobody came, but he's just reading that. And he said, God's presence would just come. He didn't know how to describe it. He's a very young Christian, but he was a Christian. And then he says, day six, he reads it again, and the comfort of God comes. Nobody's coming. He's starting to think no one's going to come to get him. But on day seven, they came back, and they rescued him. And something that's really neat, they were able to save his legs, and they said it was the maggots that made that possible by eating the dead flesh. So I never thought I'd be able to say maggots could do anything good, but... They did something good. Yay, Marvin, right? So here's why I share this story, guys. Uh, It doesn't become worse than that in our lives, right? That's a pretty bad situation. But this psalm is giving us an answer to walking through the toughest times in life. And that answer is coming to understand that the Lord is with us. And it brings great comfort to us. So I have a big idea for this lesson. And here's what... It sounds like this is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. When you know the Lord's with you, fear can't overwhelm you. And that is so powerful for you and I to understand. When we know the Lord's with us, fear cannot 
overwhelm us. And that's really the thing, fear and its cousins, you know, anxiety and hopelessness and uh, all those cousins of fear. That's what freezes us in our tracks. That's what stops us from going forward. That's what causes us to live miserable lives. Plus, the problems are no fun, but it's nice to have peace as you walk through those problems, right? So let's read our actual verse, Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And we'll talk about the rod and staff before we close. It's sheep language, right? It's what a shepherd used. And it's a beautiful parallel for what God wants to do in each and every one of our lives. And I think it's really important for you and I to understand that God doesn't promise us a trouble-free life, but he promises to walk through all of our troubles with us. And I think that's so, so important. So let's just highlight one thing at a time. First, we're going to do this. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And this is a literal place in Israel. It literally existed. It was called the bloody path. It's where Jesus shared the parable of the good Samaritan because uh, he was trying to walk through there and he was literally beaten by thieves who were waiting to steal from him. He was left for dead as he laid there on the road. It was a terrible place. And in order for the shepherds to take the sheep to what they called table land, and that's next week's verse, in order to get them up to the table land, they had to go through this path. It's still there today. They call it again, the valley of the shadow of death, the bloody path, the bloody way. It was an awful place. And here's why. It had really high mountainous walls on each side. And then there were little caves and holes in it, and predators and thieves would hide in there. It was only 10 feet, and sometimes it opened up to 20. But when a sheep came up to that, they had extreme fear. And I'll, and I'll tell you how the shepherd calmed them as we get further. But that's the path. And it represents all the tough times you and I can ever walk through. All those unknowns as we take steps and we begin to walk, and there's that fear, what's up ahead? The Bible's telling us no matter what the valleys are, we have somebody that's with us, right? And so all of us will have trouble. And I have a little verse. I think this is a pretty cool verse, Psalm 34, 19. The good man does not escape all troubles. Wouldn't it be cool if we could? Wouldn't it be cool if we were bubble boy, bubble girl, you know? We accept Jesus and we never have a problem again. Everybody would accept him at that point, right? Uh, it, it says escape all trouble. He, he, he has them too. We'll have them too. But the Lord helps him in each and every one. And one of the things I learned, I follow some different pastors that really feed me, but sometimes if they, get on, they come to this subject, they would believe a little different than I, but I still listen to them for all the other great things they have. But there's a, a doctrine out there that God literally is the one that throws us in the valleys. He, he punishes us. He brings terrible things in our life. And I understand where it comes from. If you read the Old Testament, which is called the Old Covenant, uh, the law of Moses, that was the covenant the Jews were in before Jesus. He told them, if you don't obey this, I will punish you. I'll throw you into some valleys. So that did happen. So it's easy to pull one of those verses out and say, see, this is gonna happen to you. If you don't obey God, he's gonna get you. And it's a good way for us pastors to keep you in line, right? And I'm not saying they do it for that reason, but it, it, it has a, a way that it can be used. Um, but when Jesus came, he took your punishment. 
He took all of your punishment. He redeemed you from the curse of the law, which would have been being thrown into some valleys, right? And he has shown you mercy, and he is the God that now walks through there with you. The Lord is with you. He's walking in there with you. He's the one comforting you when you walk through tough times. So I thought I'd take a minute. I've done this before. Every now and then, I think it's good to remind ourselves, and here it is. We walk through valleys because we have an enemy, that's the number one reason. Uh, there's six reasons, though. And our enemy, we call him the devil. The Bible says he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the number one way he attacks us is by putting thoughts in our head. And he'll put all kinds of thoughts, thoughts to, you know, uh, to, to sin. But he also puts thoughts of fear and anxiety and hopelessness and failure into our minds. And he's walking around looking for who will accept his thoughts and so he is always trying to attack us. And according to the Bible, he can also stir people up by putting thoughts in their head to attack you. So that happens to some of us sometimes. But that's our enemy. That's one place that trouble comes from. How about the next? We live on a broken earth. So, you know, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, whatever, volcanoes, floods, wind damage. And, you know, Gina and I had three different times that our basement was flooded, and it was never our sump pumps problem. It was just overwhelming water, too much coming down at one time. And that causes a bad couple days, right? It causes some bad times. And so we live on a broken earth. Um, we live in a broken body. So what does that mean? Well, when you accepted Jesus, your body wasn't redeemed, and our bodies are growing older, aren't they? We're, the Bible says we grow younger on the inside, but I noticed I'll be 63 in December, and every now and then I have an injury, and I have no idea how I got it. It happened when I was sleeping. Maybe Gina hit me with her hand by mistake, of course. Uh, but you just wake up and you go, when did that happen, right? And our bodies are getting older. That's why we pray and we ask God, hey, heal me, right? But our bodies are getting older. And even when we're young, sometimes the genetics can cause some problems, right? And, and then we make bad choices, and all of us make bad choices. So trouble comes from some of our bad choices. I mean, if you're intoxicated, you get behind a wheel. That's a bad choice, and that might and probably will cause some troubles. How about bad people? We live on an earth with bad people, and they cause some of our troubles, right? And I don't know about you, but I'm even receiving texts now from bad people, and they're trying to get me to click on, on them so that they can freeze my phone, right? And they do emails this way. They leave voicemails. Hey, call us. We're from the government. Yeah, right. And uh, I just need your social. Yeah, right. I always worried about my parents. They're in heaven now, but I'm like, don't ever make any, don't call anybody back ever, okay? Um, and, and then we live with imperfect people. And guys, that's you and I. That's all of us. I've hurt people because of my imperfections, my mistakes, my bad reactions. And, and so that's where all of our trouble comes from. It doesn't come from God. Here's God's place. When you know the Lord's with you, fear cannot overwhelm you. And then let's look, let's look at the next part. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And I want to share a story. I asked permission to share this story. Uh, it has to do with my son-in-law, Corey, and my daughter, Gina and I's daughter, Deanna, and, and their little baby, who was one and a half at the time. She's two and a half now, Ophelia. And I was driving home, and I just passed the Elm Road exit on 5, and I was heading east, and I receive a phone call, and I see it's from Corey. And, and here's what I hear, Dad. And I never heard Corey like this. We were just in a head-on uh, collision. And he says, 
uh, I called 911 and then I wanted to call you. Can you come? I said, absolutely. Where are you at? Uh, Elm Road and 305. I said, I'm right near. I'll be there really quick. I did a U-turn. Sorry for any state troopers. Um, but I felt you would have understood. And, and within seconds, I was off that exit and I drove down and I drive up. And uh, I see three ambulance, I see two or three police cars and a bunch of other people that stop, and I can't see their car. So I have to park and walk, and I'm walking towards their car, and thankfully the police and the paramedics knew me, so they let me through. And when I turned the corner and saw that car, I mean, fear hit me. It hit me while I was walking to it, but it was totaled, and I hear Deanna moaning, I hear... Uh, a Corey moaning and Deanna's crying and then the baby screaming and I walk up to that car not knowing what I was going to see but there's blood everywhere it was absolutely awful and Corey had this concussion that was out of this world had to have major nose surgery and had to stay in the dark for four days he couldn't see any light for four days and Deanna broke bones in her foot her hand all over the body they were just a mess right so I prayed I held her hand and I prayed and some peace came and then I asked the paramedic if I could grab the baby, and he said, yeah, she's fine. So I held her, and she calmed down. Then they carted them off, and uh, Corey's dad, Gary, and I spent from about 10 o'clock at night till 7 in the morning in the parking lot of Mercy Health in downtown Youngstown because it was COVID time, but they did let the mommies in, so there was a mom with each child, and we didn't know what was going to happen. We have no idea what's going on, but that's us, so we're worrying. But they're the ones going through all the trouble, right? And, and so they ended up living with us for weeks. And I share this story because I was amazed. As they walked through this awful valley and surgery after surgery for both of them, I was amazed at the comfort of the Lord. I was blown away how he walked them through it and how he walked all of us through it, but especially them. They're the ones suffering, right? And I've watched God do that in this story, but I've watched God do this in so many stories. And that's because he's with us. We don't fear evil because he's with us. Trouble's coming, but we got, we got to understand God's with us. He walks through us with trouble. And I love this example in Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. One translation says, an ever-present help in times of trouble. I like that one too. And then they give this extreme example. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that, right? But verse two, the beginning, notice, therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear, why? Because the Lord's present in that time of trouble. And, and the more we can make ourselves aware of it, like Marvin uh, in the Korean War, God just brings his presence. I don't know how to explain it to you. It's this calming peace that comes upon us. And here's one more verse. It's pretty cool. Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. Listen to this. I will strengthen you. I will also help you. I will also uphold you with my righteous right hand. How many of us can say thank you, God, for that promise? That's absolutely an amazing promise. So God is letting us know, I'm with you. And when we know he's with you, fear cannot overwhelm you. It will not be able to overwhelm you. So I love what he goes on to say, and this is all sheep talk, but let's talk about your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Shepherds in Bible days had a rod, and it was about three feet long, 
and it was, if you imagine a police baton, but it was way thicker, way, way thicker, and it was made of this heavy wood, and they had it a big knot on the top. Kind of like would be a cool walking stick for anybody that walks in the dark, right? It's like, whoa, I'd like to have one of those. But I was reading these books on, on, on Psalm 23, and they were saying, one of the authors was saying uh, that there are, in third world countries, there are shepherds that have these identical weapons. And they said they can throw them up to 30 feet and hit a predator and knock them out. That's just absolutely amazing. But also when they're in their hand, right? So that's the rod. And then the staff we all know, right? Mary had a little lamb, and it's the staff, and it's that hook, you know? And they would use that sometimes. To, if they were falling over a ledge, they'd pull them up, or if they were caught in bushes, they'd pull them out. But it also was absolutely amazing. We'll talk about the staff in a moment, but let's talk a little bit about that, the rod, because sheep are really, really fearful. They're, they're like humans, and they, they freak out quick. And so when they're coming up to this path, this shadow valley of the shadow of death, they begin to quake. And when they see their shepherd with the rod, it brings them peace. It, they just, when they see that rod, it brings peace, and it calms them. Now, there are some that are really, really fearful, and he'll use the staff, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But just seeing their shepherd with that rod and knowing he can take on a thief, he can take on a predator, brought them incredible peace. And here's what I want you to understand about the rod. The rod is used for guarding and protecting and represents power and authority. And you and I have a good shepherd. His name is Jesus, the Son of God. He's our good shepherd. And he has a rod, guys. And he already used it on our enemy. And it's absolutely amazing. So... This verse isn't talking about you and I using our armor. Now, we need to use it when we walk through valleys, but that's not what this is talking about. It's not talking about our shield of faith, which quenches all the fiery darts. It's not talking about the sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken word of God that really works and does a number on thoughts that try to get into our head. So it's not talking about that. It's talking about the rod that Jesus holds. And it's talking about a battle that he's already won. And it's an amazing battle. So I want to read the verse and we'll have some fun with this. And it will begin to calm some of us down. It's Colossians 2.14. God brought you alive. So when you accepted Jesus, the first part, verse 14, is what happened. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. The old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. So that's what happened. I read it for context when you accepted Jesus. Verse 15. Here's what he also did when he came out of that grave. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority. I like that. That would be the devil and all his top guys and all his bottom guys, everybody. And I like what it says. He stripped them of their sham authority. He defeated him and took his authority away from him. So he no longer has authority over us. He no longer can make us do anything unless we allow it to happen because we don't know he can't make us do it, right? So he can't put those thoughts in our mind. He can't make us fear. He's been defeated. And, and I love the picture. Listen to this at the cross and march them naked through the streets. You might wonder, why did you read that? That's weird, you know? Well, in the Greek language, Greek words and Hebrew words, they, they paint pictures. And there's a picture, picture painted in, in this that literally paints the picture of a king in Bible days and his army defeating another kingdom. And here's what they would do. This is literally in the text. They, they would take the king that they defeated and all his higher-ups, they would strip them down to their skivvies. Yeah, very humiliating. They would, they would um, you, you wish you listened to your mom, right, and bought some new undies at that point. So... <laughs> 
You know, like, hey, those are old. Get some new ones, right? Or your wives, guys, right? So um, they would chain them, right? And then they would march them to their kingdom. And so they're on horseback. These guys are humiliated. And then everybody in the kingdom would be outside and they would march them through the streets and they would throw tomatoes and humiliate them. And then they'd take them up to the castle and the same thing would happen. And the Bible's saying that this happened to our enemy. He was publicly shamed. Of course, we can't see it, but it happened in the spirit world. Everybody in the spirit world knows he's been defeated, right? He has no authority whatsoever. And so what does this mean for you and I? That's the rod, guys, and it should comfort us. Our enemy has been defeated, and he has no authority. That's why, again, the verse says, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Who doesn't know the rod's already beat him, silly, right? Who doesn't know the rod beat him down to his skivvies? Who doesn't know that? If they don't know it, I can make them fear. I can flood them with anxiety. I can torment them. I can make them hopeless. I can take their peace away. But guys, we know it and we're not going to allow it to happen. And here's what John 16, 33, this is what this means. Uh, These things have I, Jesus, spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcame the world. That's what he's referring to. And nothing down here has a right to steal your peace. Nothing down here has the right to bring you anxiety. And that's why my big idea says, when you know the Lord's with you, fear can't overwhelm you because our king has already defeated our main enemy called the devil. And that's something, I, I mean, in Borman, uh, guys over TCI online in the chat room, Sarah Moore, can we give it up and just say, thank you, Jesus. That's amazing. Yeah, you guys are clapping like you mean it. I appreciate that. Let's talk about this next one. The staff is for guiding and directing and represents care and compassion. And you know some of the sheep that freaked out even when they saw the rod? You know what the shepherd would do? He would walk up to them, just take his staff and very gently touch them, just touch their side. And as soon as they felt the staff, they would like totally calm down. All right, let's go through this pass. Let's get it going. Uh, Just totally calm down, just that staff. And Jesus wants to touch us. He wants to touch us in a very powerful way. And sometimes we need that breath of God to just touch us because we're overwhelmed for a moment with some of the things we're walking through, right? And that's why the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 1.3. What a wonderful God we have. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I like this the source of every mercy. What is God pouring on your life? Mercy, not trouble. He's pouring mercy. We get ourselves into trouble sometimes, right? But he's pouring mercy on our lives. And it goes on to say, and the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. And so God literally wants to comfort us as we walk through the toughest times on this planet. And some of you, I've watched you walk through some tough times. And some people, I look and I'm just like, wow, huh? How do they have such peace? And that's the grace of God. You know what? They know the Lord's with them. And so fear cannot overwhelm them. And that's what this is talking about. And I've noticed sometimes I just need a moment. I need something I can touch. I, I, I need a point of contact. And I think this scripture is that point of contact. The next time you see fears trying to win and consume your life, you need to remind yourself, the Lord's with me. And then I think this is a good thing to do. First Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares, that's from the valley you're walking through, to God, for he cares about you. And there's just a moment we can have in God where we say, you know what, God, I know you're with me, but I I just need to have this moment where I just take this and I give it to you. 
And so we have the big valleys, right? I've had financial troubles. I've had physical problems. I've, you know, I've had relationship issues. And, and so I've noticed God walk me through all of those. It's amazing. But sometimes I just have to say, I'm going to give this to you and trust, Lord, that you're working on it, right? And then you have your daily troubles, right? Just, just sometimes watching the news. And again, I, I, don't, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Can, can you all agree? Sometimes it's messed up no matter, you know, things are messed up sometimes, you know, and, and I'm just going to be honest. There's never been a president in my lifetime that I liked everything they did, right? So they've all ticked me off, right? So uh, what do I do when something's not working right, right? I say, Lord, I give this to you. I just, Lord, I ask you to handle this. And sometimes now I say, Lord, you know, this might be in the plan for the last days. I don't know. But if it's not in the plan, would you fix it? And if it is in the plan, Lord, give me the grace to walk through it because I need some grace right now, right, to walk through this situation or that situation. So no matter what's going on in your life, God's created you to live in peace. If we know God's with us, fear cannot overwhelm us. And I think this is a good moment to have a moment of prayer. Can we close our eyes, bow our heads? Let's pray, Boardman, TCI, online, here in Ward. And this is a good moment for us to cast some cares on the Lord. So whatever they are, whisper them up to God and say, Lord, I'm going to receive your peace right now, and I'm going to continue to remind myself you're with me, but I'm giving you these things that are burdening me down, these things that want to cause turmoil and and fear in my life. And so just whisper those up to God. Say, God, I give these to you right now. Thank you, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that you would flood your people with peace. And Lord, I thank you like Marvin did, like Corey and Deanna experienced, Lord. Thank you that as we walk through any valley on this earth, you're with us and your peace overwhelms us. Remind us, Lord of the rod, that the devil's defeated, and remind us of the staff, that you want to comfort us in our toughest times, and we thank you for doing that. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just stay in that moment. Some of you are probably still casting some things on the Lord, and that's good. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening, and you're not sure if you're forever. Maybe you're in Borman. Maybe you're at TCI Correctional Facility. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're here in Warren. But you're listening. Maybe you're listening to this on demand in the future, but you're listening. And you're not sure if you're forever. Listen, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you belong to a church. I'm not asking you if you came in here being sure that God existed. Here's what I'm asking. Most important question in the universe, what have you done with Jesus? What have you done with Jesus? Because as we saw, as we partook of communion, He's the one that died for the sins of the whole world. God raised him up from the grave. And whoever calls on him, the Bible declares, God will save them. That's absolutely amazing. He'll wash their soul and he'll make them a Christian. He'll give them eternal life. So right now, if you're listening, you say, no, Pastor Joe, I believe that. I believe Jesus died. I believe he was raised from the dead. But I don't remember a moment when I prayed that prayer. Would you pray with me right now? And if you pray this from your heart, God will do a miracle. The rest of us, can we help them pray? Just help them pray this. And again, if you're praying it for the first time, just simply mean it. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of the living God. 
You always existed. You died for the sins of the entire world. And God raised you up from the grave. I accept you as my Savior. And I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You know, if you prayed that prayer, the miracles happened. Your sins were washed away. They were nailed to the cross. I mean, you're a child of God. You're holy and blameless in his sight. He's your father. Heaven's your future destination. It's an amazing thing. Something else is happening right now. The Bible teaches us that God the Father and God the Son, Jesus, if one person on the planet accepts him, they begin to celebrate. So they're celebrating right now in heaven. That's absolutely amazing. And we want to be able to celebrate here. So uh, no matter where you're at, what campus, if you prayed that prayer, can you let, let us know? And I'm not going to ask you to stand, not going to ask you to get out of your seat. Uh, we'll tell you what to do online so you can let us know in just a moment. But if you're here, as we're praying, you say, hey, I prayed that prayer. Can you let us know by just simply raising your hand over in Borman TCI here in Warren? Just raise your hand. And our ushers are bringing you a free gift. It's a Bible. It's our gift to you. It's for new Christians. So congratulations to those that have raised their hand. And if you should have raised your hand or they didn't see it yet, just wave it a little more while the rest of us are praying. And while that's happening, if you're online and you prayed that prayer, just text the word BELIEVE to the number on the screen and we'll send you a free Bible. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.